0: goes live
1: Oh Jesus I need my other computer for uh <laughs> oh.
0: Okay it looks like we are live
1: now What's up Compass How's it going today
0: It's going well now streaming on workplace awesome
1: welcome is this like our is this our fourth session it sure is so look everyone um welcome to ask anything uh my name is Shragshaw from Shragshaw coaching and this is my co-host amit buta the miami real estate agent and look this is a place for people to come to bring in their real scenarios in real life that they're dealing with their clients as a coach, the thing I find most interesting with real estate, there is no roadmap. There is no playbook, but like Ahmed and I always say, we have each other, right? <laughs> totally. So I'm gonna kick off. What do you want to talk about today? What do you hear? So
0: so maybe a couple things. Um, one thing maybe is, and I guess you could choose, you could choose the topic. So it's either objections during COVID or it could be, um, some people call expireds. Have you ever done expireds? Do you want to do expireds? Do you I want have to do something never, else?
1: I, I was an agent for a lot of people don't realize this is when I actually did work at compass. Uh, I'll, I'll tell a quick story. It was right when I started, I was just first time one of the first time speaking at 95th Avenue, you know, under like the green, uh, the green grass thing, you know, you made it when you got up there <laughs> and I was in a room full of like maybe 150, 200 people. And the guy goes to me, You're probably really smart, and this sounds really great, but you have no idea what the hell it's like to be a real estate agent. It's not like you've ever done this before. And I said, Well, actually, that's wrong. I was an agent for 13 years before I took the shot of the compass. And, um, you know, the guy goes, Really? I said, Yeah, I've, I've done for sale by owners, I've done expired listings, I've done open houses, I've dealt with unrealistic sellers, buyers, and everything alike. And I said, Essentially, I know what it's like to work on a 1099 income. So, you know, the guy smiled. He left me alone. He goes, by the way, you should open every conversation you have with that." And so, <laughs> um, yeah, I have, I've done expired listings. I actually found a joy in cold calling, a weird one. But, yeah, I'd be happy to talk about expireds for some of my owners, COVID objections. And most importantly, so- if you, I'll tell everyone for the people watching this, if you put a question and you ask a question, I'll give you a complimentary copy of our pitching compass course, which is you ever wonder what to say when how to talk about compass? Well, this is everything broken down into videos and scripts for you. So this is just to encourage participation back and, and give back to the community. So um there's my kickoff for the day. So <laughs> All right, let's rock.
0: Okay. So we'll do an expired. So I, I know a lot of agents call expired. I know we haven't really done this before. And um could I be a seller and you're calling me assuming obviously all the good things you're not in the, do not call list. And you, you, <laughs> I guess there are a few things you would do. Right. And I used to call expireds as well, but I, I think you want to make sure, I think looking at the right expireds to go after are more important than going for every single expired because we have to look and see, um, if it makes sense, you know, when I used to do expires, I used to see a house that I would get excited about a house that, um, maybe they don't owe way more than, you know, what it's worth and stuff like that. So I would do some due diligence. I know some people do that and then some people don't, but whatever, tell us, tell us your process and then we can do a role play if
1: you want. Um, I think, I think first of all, the, the most important thing is, is understanding the mindset of, uh, of an expired listing right so number one it's a marathon not a sprint so the concept is a lot of the people that are going to call you are either going to give you stalls or objections right so like if they're if you're talking to somebody in the winter you're talking to somebody now no i'm going to wait to see if the market changes well i'm going to relist with my current agent or i think i'm going to wait till next spring when the economy changes right so you have to be prepared for what people are going to say so that's one. The other thing about the marathon is you have to have a plan to follow up consistently, right? Rule of thumb, call me back in two weeks. Whatever they tell you, always cut the number in half, right? Two weeks means a week. Even sometimes if they get upset with you, you could call again in a week. They're getting called so many times. So for people that haven't done expired listings, what you need to realize is there are programs like Vulcan 7, Mojo Dialer, Red X that get people's information, Right. So one of the things that you have to be mindful of on it now is these people are more pissed than they've ever been before (laughs) because there are programs like Vulcan 7 that actually get people's cell phone numbers, right? So now a person, if you go in their mindset is they're already unhappy their home doesn't sell. No agent tells a seller that, hey, by the way, if I fail at doing my job, you're going to get 8,000 cold calls morning, evening, and night by agents trying to get new business and trying to sell your home. Nobody knows that. So you have to realize, number one, being early is important, right? Number two, understanding how to really listen to people and connect with them on where they are and asking better questions. And number three, you better have a great follow-up plan because all the money is in the follow-up for expired listings. That's some stuff about the approach.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. And sometimes, I think in anything in life or in real estate is if we put ourselves in the other person's situation, we can always do much better than what we're doing if we don't do that. So I, I think that's so important to be to think about things, how an expired um, seller would look. They're probably, I mean, they probably wanted to move. They probably had their hopes. They probably told their friends. Everyone thinks their house is the nicest house. And then all of a sudden, when it's getting rejected by the market, when you're not getting any showings, When you get the house cleaned up and the person comes in and they're there for 30 seconds and they leave or, you know, and their hopes of moving to San Diego or wherever it is are crushed. It makes them negative. So, yeah, knowing that is extremely important.
1: You know, like, like, look, I I can tell you from my own experience, right? Like, I sold my house last year and bought a new house. Like, if my house didn't sell, I'm like, I couldn't move and I couldn't get my kid into the school district, which actually we can't use right now. But um you know like i'd be upset i'd be angry right so like look number one like let's go into this with some strategy right like understand what are the most common objections that people have to deal with so what are the objections you hear um from expired listings people frequently so i
0: think the first one is it's just like a deflection i don't want to sell my house anymore
1: so they're going to say, okay, I meant, so what you're saying is you don't want to sell my house anymore. So are you no longer accepting full price offers?
0: You know, I mean, do you have a buyer that'll give me full price?
1: So I think you could say, given the right financial terms, I mean, it would be exciting for you to make a move again. Um, yeah, you know, we're just so discouraged about everything. I can totally understand. I see your home is on the market for 182 days. What, what were one or two things that you hope would, would have happened that ultimately didn't?
0: Yeah, I mean, we thought we were going to, we hope to get the price we wanted
1: and we hope to move. We hope to get the price. So if I was able to show you a way that we could potentially help you get the price and help you make a move, would it be worth 15 minutes of your time?
0: You know, the thing is, we get so many calls from agents, everyone is promising us everything. They're telling us they can sell our house that they, they it's the same thing they say, we can sell your house for the most money and the shortest time with the least amount of stress. We've heard that like 27 times already.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I'm one, I'm really sorry to hear that. And I guess the last agent didn't tell you if he was unsuccessful in selling your home, that you get 800 phone calls a day from people saying <laughs> the same thing, right?
0: Yeah, it was, they failed to mention that.
1: You know, look, um, in, in listening to what you're saying, I can completely understand that you're overwhelmed. You're frustrated. You don't want to take time out of your day to answer all these calls to hear the same thing. Can I share with you what's been helpful for some of the other people that we've worked with in making a decision? Um, Sure. You know, we're able to share two things with people. It's the exact marketing plan that we'll do to market and sell your home, and a written communication plan on how we'll communicate with you throughout the process. Would it be helpful to have a clear and concise understanding of how those things would work for your home?
0: Um, yeah, I mean, we we didn't get that in the past. We, we they told us everything that they would do, and they I don't know if they did any of it.
1: Look, we, we find this as being a, a collaboration, not a dictatorship, right? We Would it be helpful for you to have a written communication plan with a predetermined time that we'd speak every week and also a checklist ultimately to follow to make sure that, you know, we're held accountable too for all the promises that we
0: make. Yeah, that would be good. That would be a step in the right direction. You know, I, honestly, I'm just not sure. I got to speak with the wife, the kids. We're all, we're all. You know, we 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 expected to be in San
1: Diego already. And now with COVID and everything else, it's just, it's tough. Listen, I, I understand. So look, let's just make this, I'll try to make these things easier. I don't want to promise you a bunch of stuff because I don't know as much information ideally as I should. Would it be okay if we stayed on for another three minutes? I've learned a little more information. Let me do my homework and let's spend 15 minutes together through Zoom with your wife, your kids, and all the people that help you make your decision. And I just, all I want to do is just show you the plan of action that I would use, the exact marketing we'll do, how we'll communicate with you through the process. And if you find that something would be helpful, we could explore it more, but at the end you'll actually see what the process is that would have got your home sold.
0: Yeah, that sounds fair.
1: That's it. You know, like guys use, use these leading statements. Would it okay? Would it be okay? Would it be helpful? What would have happened if you knew? You know, like let them start telling you, right? Don't say I'm gonna like I'm at the flip side of this. Is I can show you, like you could if you could say to someone, "I have the best marketing plan. We'll do video. We'll do this. We'll do that." And and like people's brain don't process information.
0: <laughs> totally, yeah. It's talking at them instead of asking, as you
1: say. Yeah, it, it's look. So let's. This is a good time to talk about the three different types of listening, like we talked about today on our mastermind call. Sure. Guys, there's three different types of listening. There's subjective, objective, and empathetic. Subjective listening is, and I know you're a lying sales agent in your life if you've never done this. Because I'm guilty of this. I mean, you're definitely guilty. We're all guilty of it. You ever have somebody talking and you're not really listening? You're more thinking about what you're going to say next? No. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> exactly. So that's subjective listening. That's listening from your own point of view to give your own answer, right? It's selfishly listening objective is you're you're an objective person right like you don't really have an opinion either way you're like listening and you're pretty tuned in and then the third and the most beneficial is empathetic listening that's listening with that care and sincerity that you have for the person right for a lot of us that have kids like when when your little kid comes up to you and they're like mommy daddy can i ask you something and the whole world stops and you're just completely zoned in right we can all understand what that is. And at that point, the only thing you want to do is listen to what that person has to say and help them, meet them where they are. That's empathetic listening. So if you could understand where these expired listings are, that is part of the battle. Learning how to ask them the right questions will get them to open up and talk to you. And the third thing is on it is realizing that no matter what you tell them you're going to do, that'll never win you the appointment necessarily is the first step in the right direction
0: right so with that said let's let's shift focus to covid so with those types of listening skills that you mentioned can we do an example for each one so people would get a better perspective on it yeah okay so the first thing would be like say say i am a a buyer and i'm not sure if i should buy now or not cuz of covid and i ask you so you know Chirag, um Thanks for helping us the last few months, uh, but we're just not really sure if we want to buy now during this pandemic.
1: So you don't want to get a good deal? Um, I mean, is now the best time to get a good deal? So you see how subjective that is, right? Like, <laughs> that's, very good deal? that's my view on like, that, that's combative, right? We all don't realize how combative we really are, right? We're so quick to tell someone something. Um, yeah even though we're
0: role-playing it like stopped me in my tracks I was like whoa you know yeah this guy's a jerk (laughs) right totally okay so we'll do it again so Chirag thanks for helping us the last few months Uh, we're just not sure if we should be buying right now during this pandemic
1: so you're not sure that you're gonna buy during the pandemic do you plan on do you want to buy a house though um, yeah, yeah, we do. We do. But, you know, we have so
0: many friends and family members and we're watching the news and it's just they're all
1: telling us we should wait. So you see how we said that we still acknowledge them. They said, do you want to buy a house? That was an objective answer, right? Like, do you still want to buy a house? And we'll go to the third one.
0: So, yeah, we're not sure if we want to buy anymore. No, no, the- I'm sorry. I'm, so- I'm sorry. We're not, you know, uh, thanks for helping us the last few months but we're not sure if now is the right time to buy
1: you know i mean i could totally understand with everything going on you feeling that way can i ask you a question quickly sure you know in hearing you say that you your wife your kids have spent an incredible amount of time over the last few months looking at homes you know what happened that has really made you feel this way that you might think that all that time and that excitement in finding that house on the beach so that you didn't feel trapped in a home during COVID. What made that go away?
0: You know, it's, I think we were so excited about, you know, finding a place and moving that we shared the news with too many people. And then unfortunately everyone has an opinion. And then we listen to their opinions. We put the news on, we go on social media, not just me, the whole family. And it just discouraged
1: us quite a bit. So ultimately, the outside world is discouraging your internal world and ultimately what your family want by by just kind of a set of information and things that you really didn't want to hear and now that you've heard it's kind of made this challenging to make this decision yeah we don't know if it's true or not i I could hear that do is there a part of you that feels if you make a different decision than what everyone says you'd have to go and deal with all that stuff as well? (laughs) that's a real life scenario totally i'm glad you brought that up because that
0: is that is something we we made a mistake before on a purchase on a home so that's why also be, besides the excitement we're t- asking everyone cuz last time we bought a house they said we paid too much we did this we did everything wrong we were so excited and now and then we it was just it just diminished and we're worried about
1: having to deal with that again you know that that totally makes sense and and thank you for sharing that with me Why don't we do this, Amit? Um, Number one, obviously, if you watch the news, everyone's experience is their own. You know, what we found is COVID-19 is a very personal journey. You shared about overpaying and some of these other things about the market. Let's just set up a time and we'll go through the market again. And I want to kind of give you guys just kind of a micro macro view of what's happened in the last 30 days, 90 days versus the last six months. So we can look at exactly the impact that COVID's had on the market versus what potential value you could get. And look, if ultimately the best thing is for you to stop, then I'd recommend you stop. But I think, I think you owe it to yourself and your family, at least just to have more information so that you can make a better decision than kind of just what's going on in the news. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Look, ultimately it's, it's two steps, guys, in, in doing this, right? Like we could have a meeting, provide value, and get them reengaged, right? But if you sit there and try to tell them a bunch of stuff, your brain's not going to process it that way. Because your brain right now says you're checked out. So the very least you could do, like the next step is to get them to check back in and have a meeting with you about something that can be positive.
0: Yeah, it, it's funny when you when you talk about that, like the emotions and everything else. I was doing a role play with um, another agent yesterday and he does a great job. He has all this information. So one of the role plays was, so maybe we could do this. You could be the agent and I'll tell you the scenario and you can tell me, how we can do it. So basically he had a client that um, he found a property for and he was going to call him and tell him the good news that, you know, great news, your offer is accepted. And I was just, we were role playing on the right way to say that because obviously when we're telling that person, if they haven't really bought a home in the past or haven't bought too many, there's probably a mind, you know, and so probably how what? would you, I'm sorry. You cut out for a second. There's probably what? Oh, there's probably, there's probably happiness and anxiety going on at the same time for this buyer, if they haven't bought too many homes. So how would you make that call? So say you're, you got your, my offer accepted. We've been looking for a while. We found a place that, you know, my wife and I really like. We put an offer. We weren't sure if we would get it accepted. We've lost some other offers. And you're calling me as an agent to tell me that my offer got accepted. How would you go about doing that?
1: You know, um, I'd say, hey, I'm Amit, um, I have some really great news to share with you and a couple other things that we could go over. Would that be okay? Sure. So the exciting news is your offer got accepted. So let's take a moment and just kind of acknowledge that. That's... A- right? And, and in the same moment, would it be helpful to you if I discussed all the things that come next and that we actually make a checklist together and this way something to follow, something to follow along and an opportunity for you and your wife to ask me any questions as this next part will move quickly and we want to make sure you're well informed. Sure. And ideally, guys, you should have done this before you made an offer, right? So for people that have not, with people that to avoid cold feet, When people making offers, they don't know when inspection comes next, you have to put down a deposit, you have to sign a contract, how the appraisal works, how the commitment works, all that different stuff, right? So before making an offer, we're talking about really making an offer, you're going to say, would it be okay with you if I took the time to walk you through the process from when your offer gets accepted to the point you sign your contract? Because those are going to be the next things that happen next, the things that happen after this. Okay right to give them an opportunity and I said I wanted to make sure if I gave you an opportunity in advance to answer any questions that you could have about this so that this way we weren't moving and you weren't uncomfortable or you didn't feel like fear of the unknown and just to address what your thoughts and concerns are moving forward before they actually pop up
0: yeah that makes sense sometimes we forget about that you know we're just so excited that their their offer got accepted we don't think about all the things that they're thinking about
1: No and we also don't forget we also forget that um, we also forget that they've never done this before um, right. right like they've never done this. they don't know what comes next in generally markets that are moving fast, it, it's a lot. I call the accepted offer into the contract place the blackout period. They're like, why do you call it the blackout period? I'm like, because this is where all the bad stuff happens, right? (laughs) I think if you sign a binder or non-binder, right? Like in New York, you can make an offer. The seller can accept it. Somebody could come that day and outbid you, right? There's no, there's nothing. They're all verbal offers. There's nothing actually signed, right? And in other states, you sign a binder. They can't do that, right? But there's certain performance periods in the contract that you have to meet, Right. So ideally, the the process of doing this is giving people a chance ahead of time, and then then the agents always say, "I'm mean, like, oh my buyer has cold feet." And, well, whoever took the time to tell them anything, what's going on, and you're asking them, "Oh, you just got to put fifty thousand dollars here." Most of the buyers have never even been told, like, look, like we're we have an accepted offer today on Monday. You could do the inspection on Wednesday, but the expectation of the market and the way this kind of works on Monday, you're gonna to have to sign your contract. So you, if you have to liquidate stocks or mutual funds, you should ideally start that today. So you have the funds available on Monday. Then Monday comes along. They don't have any of the money. The seller thinks they're lying or they're frustrated. The buyer's like, nobody told me, why can't the client wait? And, and there's a friction point. There's a lack of communication. Totally,
0: setting the expectations is huge. Yep. Definitely.
1: So we have a few more minutes here today, does anyone have any questions that they'd like to ask us? Um, Any topics that they would like covered? Checking here on my other screen if there are any questions. What's something? I see a few of you guys lurking on here. What are some some of the questions that people ask you? Thank you, Terry. I'm happy that you've been enjoying um, the Pitching Compass course. Trying to think. So,
0: Maybe, maybe this is an objection, but since you, you've dealt with so many agents at Compass, I get calls every week from agents that I know that are joining Compass. And what advice would you give someone that has moved from another company and they're joining Compass and they're going to start? What would you tell them?
1: Number one, have an organized plan, right? You have like that time that you're transitioning. Um, I would suggest printing out a blank calendar for the month. And looking at your communications as a campaign, not a bunch of random messages, right? When you go into your first meeting with your, um, when you go to your first meeting with your sales manager, come prepared with a business plan. When you go meet with your market advisor for the first time, have an idea that hey, I looked at the calendar, I just got here. These are some key dates I want to hit, and I want to get an announcement email out. I want to put this on my so like have an idea of what you want, right? So this way you can make the time most productive with people right? Um, you have these meetings, people are excited to meet with you, but they can't help you if they don't know how to help you, right? And if not, they'll just start telling you in the beginning about what's offered here. So the best advice is, is have a business plan, have a plan, right? When you're coming over, messaging your clients and those initial messages are the most important, right? Right? And being able to share your great journey and how you came to Compass is also important. Because look, if you recruit another agent, like you get AIP money, you get $7,500, right? I believe in either marketing or equity. So it's like, if you have five of your friends come with you, you can get another, you know, almost $40,000 in equity options.
0: Yeah, so like, as far as that message to your clients, you're leaving one firm, say I'm at Sotheby's and I'm going to Compass, I'm starting about at Compass. And say I'm not in New York or California where people aren't as versed on what Compass is. What would that message be to your clients?
1: How would you say that? Excited to offer you more.
0: You're the headlines, that-
1: too, right? <laughs> and, um, you know, look, everyone came to Compass for a different reason. And I actually find agents that are talking about their moves. They came from more established firms. The easiest conversations to have, right? Um, and I got this from another agent, Susan Vanek in Connecticut. She goes, "What she was saying is, is like as a career agent, I constantly am interviewed to go to other firms, and I always listen on it with my clients, like you and mine, seeing if there's something more I can offer, right? And now I'm happy to say, well, I kind of shifted that and said I always am here. To, uh, um, I always listen to offers." After listening to what Compass had to offer, I realized coming to Compass was the only responsible thing to do. Once you say responsible thing to do and you're talking to somebody, they're going to pause and they're going to say, well, what do you mean about responsible? And then you could start sharing with them why you came to Compass. Excited to offer you more. You need to realize like the stuff at Compass is built in context for you guys, the agents as the customers. You need to be able to translate how that benefits a person. I'll give you an example. We have coming soon, which is like a movie trailer for your home. I now have, I now have access to a pre-marketing platform and tools that allow me to get over a thousand buyers or more to view my clients' properties for online shows before they went on the market, right? That's a completely different spin on what's available.
0: I just did that um, two days ago. I did it for two days. I put a little bit of money in it. I spent 200 bucks and I got 12,000 views on the property.
1: Yeah. And look, guys, this is where I'm going to stop the conversation and drop the mic. Whether you've got 500 leads or not, guess what? Is it going to make your seller feel good? Yep. Do you have an insights report to back it up? Yep. Is it one more thing than your competitors are really talking about? Yep. And also you talk about the ad views. You talk about being able to retarget, knowing where the buyers come from, what devices are on. These are all powerful narratives to have. So in coming to Compass, be clear on why you came here and be excited to share that with somebody, right? We all left where we were for a reason. Our brain is built for certainty and comfort. You came for uncertainty and discomfort because it's something new. And you should be proud to share that message, right? So look, guys, um, we'll be back here every week. We see our viewership is growing. So thank you guys all for tuning in. and. Look, if you're ever in the market considering hiring a business coach or a company to help you manage your social media that's 100% real estate focused, keep us in mind, Shrack Shot Coaching. And other than that, we'll be back here every single week to answer all of your questions or just to keep doing this and helping us all learn from reality. Amit?
0: So, So I want to add one thing to what you said. One of the things that I like about your coaching the most and as far as your social media especially coaching, you only deal with Compass agents. Mm-hmm. Only Compass agents. I'm an anonymous. Is, yeah. So, so with that said, if you're only focused on learning about Compass and knowing about Compass, the coaching is going to be exponentially better. You don't need to learn about Sotheby's, about Element. Even though you know what's going on with them, you're so dialed into the products it definitely is a a huge benefit and then social media because you know obviously you're you're familiar with the brand very much it helps a lot as well so
1: you know it's interesting it's actually that's what rory had said when we actually talked to this he's like never before was there an actual coaching company built on top of a platform so like you guys see everything we build and the way we talk about your marketing plan systems structures processes it's all driven around your value proposition of you personally as yourself and what the company offers. So yeah, we look, I, I fundamentally believe in, a, in any world, in any market, I don't understand why a person wouldn't hire a compass agent. There is quantifiably so much more. And you go back to the pitch that Rory and I did in Miami. Would you agree homes that are in the best condition to get the most viewing traffic and are available to the largest pool and get you the best price? Who could say no to that? Right? <laughs> And if they do, maybe they're, they're not not the right customer to work with. Oh, you should run away because you'll never make money. <laughs> you no. Know? Um, and guys, for the people listening to that pitch, we call it the Miami pitch. Look, homes that are in the best condition. Can you put someone's home in better condition with Compass Concierge? Yes. The most viewing traffic. Use coming soon and power the crap out of it with a digital ad. And they said available to the largest buyer pool. Guess what? Bridge loans are back. So if, if the house, if I'm selling Ummett's house and his home is eligible for a bridge loan, Guess what? His home, somebody could buy it without selling theirs. And if three other homes on his neighborhood are for sale, they can't do that. So you have fundamentally a larger buyer pool, right? If you don't have big signs in your house printed from marketing center saying that the home is bridge loan eligible, you guys are missing the market. You're missing leads. Like that is a great conversation starter. Don't get into the technicality of it. Just say, look, by working with me, you have the opportunity to be able to move into your next home without finding it, right? And for us, agents have been doing this a while. How many open house buyers have you seen that are like, yeah, I'm looking for another home. If I find the right home, I'll sell my house, no problem. Right, yeah. There's the largest buyer pool. So there's our uh, pitch deconstructed. So look, guys, I need you guys to stop being shy and start asking questions. (laughs) Oh, I know you're not shy, so... For next week, we're going to curate some questions. Maybe we'll make a poll on it um, and we'll post it before this to see what people want the most information on. We'll talk about that.
0: Yeah, that sounds good. That sounds like a better plan than my plan so far with
1: getting the questions. It's not That's good. Okay. <laughs> um, we hope people continue to see value in this. Next week, same bad time, same bad channel. Have a good one.